0: Welcome to Missionary Day. Uh, thank you, everyone, for making the effort to come. And I just wanted to, um, first off, explain a little bit why I'm up here instead of Willie. He's been up here for the past few years. And um, recently, I just took on the role of mobilization coordinator at ACC, MBC. And you might be wondering, well, what does that mean? Well, in missions, there's four primary I guess you could say, that are involved with missions. One, you're all familiar with. It's praying and giving. We do that regularly. Two is going. We know people have gone, and we're going to be talking with some of them today. Three is welcoming. Because of migration, uh, a lot of Foreigners will move to North America and we can actually welcome them into our society and show them the light of Jesus. And that's a very basic version of welcoming. And lastly is sending. We need people that focus on sending missionaries out there because we don't have enough out there you know, we look at you know our church, yes, we have missionaries out there, but there's not enough of them. And so the mobilization coordinator is primarily focused on the sending task so that more and more people can go. And there are some initiatives with the ACC MBC that uh, I'm working on, which will hopefully um, launch in the next couple months and uh, enable more people to get going. So uh, what I want to do is... Um, Basically, start off with um, CLM. CLM is Canon Land Ministries. For those that are that are new here, Um, we have a lot of new campers this year, and so I'm really thankful for that. And um, so. The format's changed a little bit. I'm going to be doing kind of an interview style so that you can hear from the missionaries themselves rather than watch uh, a PowerPoint or a video. Um, Yes, there are uh, PowerPoints with pictures, but the focus is on them talking to you. So without further ado, welcome. This is Juan Viljalba. He is a board member with CLM. This is Nilsson Ramos. He is also a board member with CLM. And this is Jake Teeter. He's... With the Mansfield Church, but he's very involved with the CLM ministry and he'll be helping translate some of Nielsen's comments. So, Juan, can you tell me uh, at CLM what are some of your biggest challenges um, and victories over the past year?
1: Well, good morning, first. The big challenge was the first of that was donations. We were almost closed in CLM because donations were, were very low and we don't have money from Brazil to keep all those kids. And a big victory last year. Donations started to, uh, getting better but we we'll, uh, you need to keep that because a good thing right now is that exchange is high but if if it gets low, we have problems again.
0: Good, good. Thank you for letting us know about the, the funding issue. So, in regards to the ministry, what are some like, big goals or um, objectives to do with the ministry in the future?
1: Well, the, uh, what, it, what we really think about is the soul of the all the, the, the ministry, the kids, the yeah. caregivers. This, this comes first. God comes first. It's all about Him, nothing about us. And what are our plans? We are working right now with um, family, family groups. Why that? Most of those kids, they come from broken houses. Uh, and in my point of view... The most important institution we have is family and when our society is bad, it's just a reflection of of our families. And we are trying to teach uh, those kids how to build a home, uh, a family, how a family really works. Just to to give you an example from one family, one of the guys. They are two brothers there, not just one. Uh, they come from a family from, I think, five brothers. Three, three of them are in the jail right now. Murder, uh, stealing, mm-hmm. a lot of things like that. And uh, and uh, those two boys that live with us right now, when they were younger, the bigger one, um, most of the time, made they stay in a in a wall, in front of the wall, okay. and start to, um, and start to uh, throw knives on them. Throwing knives. Oh, that's wow. the kind of example of a family that you have there many times. Just violence. How do you think will be a family of a little boy that grew up in that uh, group, that family? Mm-hmm. not good enough.
0: Yeah, no, okay. a family, where so many of us are blessed with great families growing up, and it's definitely a challenge to work with uh, the children that have broken families. So in regards to you know, taking care of these children, how does the cost per child at CLM compare to other child care facilities in the
1: area? Uh, the the state uh they have some some houses there they call the mm-hmm. system proteger uh, uh, caring uh, in, in, in English. They spent twice the money for just give a roof, a place to sleep and a place to eat. Nothing more that. You are eating oats. buy. There's no hope, there is nothing. You can uh, maybe the kids that come from a uh, uh, a broken family, they learn worst thing mm-hmm. in that system, and now they are more prepared to steal, to murder, or something like that. The oh, criminality wow. mm-hmm. just go up in this media.
0: Wow. Well, I'm thankful God has given you the wisdom and how to raise the children. Um, so, Nielsen, can you tell us how God is working at CLM right now?
2: I'm sorry, I don't speak English. Deus uh, tem cuidado das crianças.
3: God has cared for the children. He's protected
2: them. Nesse tempo que a gente tá lá, nem nenhuma criança se machucou até hoje. Cuidadores... Well,
3: they've been um, part of the, the Board of Directors, uh, the kids have been generally safe. There haven't been um, any injuries, uh, no big injuries, which you would expect from um, uh, a group of, of 20 kids.
2: And
3: we've seen the changes that God has made in their lives.
2: Thank you.
0: And so what would you say are some specific prayer requests? ...that you have for CLM in your country?
2: Pela política no Brasil, que tá muito difícil, né? Situação política.
3: In relation to the prequest for the country, the political situation in Brazil, it, it's very unstable.
2: E que Deus esteja encaminhando pessoas com o coração na obra para aquele lugar
3: and that God would send uh, workers um, to to CLM with with a heart for the mission, for the ministry.
0: Thank you. And the children that do come to CLM, what are some of the conditions um, that they're coming from? Um, Like, what places do they live in before they come to CLM? Oh, that's fine. If you want to answer that one, that's appropriate.
1: I gave you, just a few minutes ago, an example. How is the situation? Uh, The big boys uh, throwing knives at their brothers. And don't care if the knife got in his body, that's okay. That's not about my body. Uh, uh, Most of them come from, they are not orphans. We have just one orphan at CLM. there were two brothers. One right now is 18 and is living in Nuson's house. Nuson is taking care of, of it, of him, uh, and his brother is still at CLM and he doesn't want to go out. They have uh, there was a couple trying to adopt him, but he now CLM is my home. His mom died of cancer. That's the the only orphan we really have there. Most of them come from broken family. Uh, kids that have been abused in all forms you can imagine, or even you can't imagine. Uh, So it's it's not an uh, easy work to do, because anything you say, anything they see, could be a trigger, and they will explode. Mm -hmm. Uh, They are a bomb. Uh, You don't know what will happen. Some, sometimes things got violent, and uh, if the missionaries, uh, that's a, a problem we have to 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 try to fix in all missions we have. You always have to know the history. You always have to be prepared with what you will deal. Mm-hmm. That's, Thank you. Uh, you always have to do that. The, then it's not just. Uh, uh, A physical task is spiritual. A lot of spiritual stuff, too. And uh, they, there, there was an example. I uh, was a a little girl. She was raped since five years by by her stepfather until teenage. And uh, that's the kind of of, uh, they are hurting their souls, not the body, Mm -hmm. the soul. And so we can't do anything. Just God can do it. And we have to be prepared to... Uh, and our caregivers have to be prepared to do what? Uh, you can't treat the, uh, those kids as your own kid when you're educating it, Because mm-hmm. if you want to uh, maybe give him a batch if he's a, a little boy, He already knows that language. Yeah. Violence. Yeah. You can't do that. Wow. You have to talk. Yeah. Talk and don't expect anything. Always keep your mind in God and pray that God will give you wisdom to control the situation because you will not have control in anything. You will hurt many times things you don't... uh, never expect it, mm-hmm. you will hurt. Yeah. These things will hurt you. And I'm not saying that because we have those kids in CLM or something I read in a book. It's something I live every day. I adopted a child. I live this every day. You're not my daddy. You are not a good father. Uh, you are bad. And every time you have to correct, you, most of the time you will have a problem. Uh, because you have to uh, keep your mind always on, in God and trust that He will give you the right thoughts to uh, that s- situation uh, have mm-hmm. a good end.
0: Yeah. Well I really appreciate that insight into the ministry, and I pray that God keeps giving you um, both the wisdom to, to continue to lead this. Um, unfortunately, that's all the time we have for now. Um, if anyone is interested in learning more about the their ministry at CLM, uh, they are doing a forum Wednesday afternoon at 3 o'clock in Campus Center. So that's Wednesday, 3 o'clock at Campus Center. So I just want to thank you guys for coming on stage. And at this time... Thank you, guys. You just go around the back there. At this time, we're going to bring up um, two fine people from Paraguay, Gabriel and Hadassah Caballero. Thank you, guys, for joining us. Please take a seat. For those that don't know um, these two, um, Gabriel is the son of Karen and Oscar, uh, who are uh, with the Paraguay ministry. Um, and Hadassah is his wife. And we're very thankful that they're here with us today. Um, they are working on a, a new project called Escuela de Vida. Um, it means School of Life. And uh, to introduce you um, to their ministry, um, they've prepared a short video um, that I will now play. Um, if we can get the lights dimmed, um, we'll get this going.
4: situation of children around the world, children are despised in increasing numbers through abortion, abandonment and abuse. 100 million children are out of school due to poverty, discrimination or lack of resources. 149 million children suffer from malnutrition. In Paraguay, the situation is aggravating. 400,000 children are living in conditions of extreme poverty. 6 out of 10 children suffer some type of psychological and physical violence. More than 50,000 children and teens are outside the education system. In this heartbreaking context, the project Escuela de Vida appears.
5: The Escuela de Vida project was first created in July 2005 by the Association Comunidade de Vida in Brazil. This year, the Brazilian project completed 12 years of service, reaching out to 80 needy children and served as an inspiration for the birth of the Proyecto Escuela de Vida in Paraguay. The Proyecto Escuela de Vida Paraguay began in March 2018 as a charity and non-profit social project in the neighborhood of Las Garzas in the city of San Antonio. Faced with the Paraguayan reality, the project aims to, to promote the social actions to fight hunger and poverty and educate through professional and recreational activities without discrimination of race, color, age, sex, or religion and the specific area of assistance to those who need it to elaborate and promote and support strategies and actions committed to meeting the needs and the protection of the needy child and teen
4: our target audience are children and teens at social risk who are students of elementary school And who live close to the project Escuela de Vida. Our vision is to be a social project that prepares these children and teens to become agents of transformation in our society. Our mission is to create opportunities for them to acquire the skills to develop their potential so they can become leaders in our nation. Our activities are based on the AMO curriculum and work in a comprehensive way The physical, intellectual, social, artistical, and spiritual.
5: We offer food, breakfast and afternoon snacks, classes of classical literature, physical education, English, and moral values. The project Escuela de Vida does not receive any financial resources from the government as we believe that this is a humanitarian project. Four times a week, professionals from many areas donate their time simply because they believe that if we want a better future, we need to invest all our strength and love. In addition to this, the project works in the garage of the pastor's house, which does not include rent expenses. For these reasons, we have a low cost, only with food and material for classes with approximate value of $30 monthly per child. Our goal is to reach out to more partners willing to contribute generously and faithfully. We believe that people and or companies with citizen awareness will invest in our project.
4: One day, we discovered that we could do more. We found out that it's possible to influence the smile of the people and help them to achieve their dreams and build a better future. Project Escuela de Vida. Sometimes the only thing we need is a helpful hand.
0: Great video, guys. Um, there's a lot of detail put into that, and uh, it clearly shows um, there's not a lot of questions that you know I have about the ministry and what it does, but what do you guys see as some of the um, upcoming needs and opportunities in this ministry?
4: Yeah, um, like the video show the project is a non-profit um, project. We don't have a lot of expenses, but we do have a very... Um, important need right now that are classrooms. Um, we mentioned that we have our classes in the garage and sometimes the weather doesn't help.
2: So, no.
4: but they never stop the kids from coming. They come in the rain, they come in the cold, they come when it's hot. Sometimes we squeeze ourselves in the corner because it's raining or because the sun is there, but they never complained. They never demanded class classrooms, but as, as a project, we wanna offer them that. We have a, a big space in the back part of our church that can fit at least three classrooms, and we could offer them a better place to receive the classes. And also we have our monthly expenses with um, administrative expenses and materials, like you said in the video, and it's $30 monthly per child. So if you're willing to sponsor a child, you would be helping with our monthly expenses. And little materials like computers projectors and desks for the kids yeah those are just a little needs that would help our project in the upcoming year
0: yeah it sounds like the kids are really enjoying it if they come in any sort of weather you know too often you know we get a snowstorm or something like that it's like oh great i don't have to go to school today (laughs) but i'm sure there's not very much snow in paraguay um, so in in regards to you know working on this ministry, what has God shown you about being his servant?
4: Yeah, um, Well, the first thing that comes to my mind is before serving someone, I have to serve God and his purpose for my life, and if I serve his purpose, then he will mm-hmm. lead me to the right person to serve and I have my personal experience is that I'm Brazilian and I came to the states for one year where I met my husband and after that we responded to God's purpose in our lives and he led us to Paraguay and um, maybe that wasn't my first plan but by serving his purpose first I am now able to serve the people in Paraguay. I I didn't speak Spanish before, I, I had to learn in the first months that I was there but right now I can say that I found my purpose in serving God by serving people in Paraguay even though that wasn't my first plan but because of responding to that purpose, now I am a very good servant of God in Paraguay.
0: Yeah, yeah, we heard last night, it's not about you, it's about Him. So, Gabriel, can you tell us what inspired you um, about this project? Um, what What was the thinking that led to you to getting so involved with this ministry?
6: Well, like my wife said, uh, and most of the people here know, I I come from a missionary family, and uh, I grew up in the system, so I I had it in in my blood the whole time. But it took a point where I had to respond. There's a difference with being born and and you taking a step and and really taking it on. And and I remember when, when she shared last year when we were working at the school, she's like, I feel like God wants us to open this project and man, I didn't feel it. I was like, uh, you can start it. Uh, I'll, I'll be there. But I, I mean, because it required me quitting my job and stuff. And then mm-hmm. this year, everything happened and God just opened the door and, and we both quit our jobs and we're like, we're, we're starting it. And it, it was a big step. It was a scary step because um, it came a point where it was like, okay, we're gonna, we're going to follow what God said. So it's, it's something that I, I'm impressed coming to Eastern Camp this year, that I see a bunch of youth today. And I, I, I told her last time, I was like, when I, when I was here last yeah. time, I was just a teenager. Yeah. And, and now I'm here and I see a bunch of people that have a calling maybe. Yeah. And I'm saying the calling is, is, is co- it's costly. Yeah. It, it's, it's not easy. Yeah. But um, yeah, we also have an, an invitation for anyone that wants to be part of this project. We have camps by the end of the year, which will be summertime for us. And if you just want to come and help, come and see. We need help with with the camp, as in helping the student, the the kids being in teams, arts and crafts yeah, games. Yeah. So it's it's more that. I chose to follow what God had for me, not just what he had for my parents.
0: Yeah, no, that's great to hear. So there's a calling right there. If anyone's feeling led to help out in this ministry, there's definitely an opportunity. Um, And that's all the time we have for today. I really want to thank you both for coming on stage. Thank you you so much. Yes, yeah, thanks for coming. Um, Now I'd like to call up um, Zambia, Kenneth, and... Kaoma Makondo, um, they've been uh, working in the, uh, the Harmony School there for um, quite some time. I remember when I went to Africa in 2015, um, I had met Kenneth back then, and he was definitely there a few years before, so thank you guys for coming on board. Please take a seat and help yourself to some water if you wish. And I'm just going to bring up some pictures here of Zambia while we um, talk here. So, Kenneth, um, there's been lots changing in Zambia, and so, can you just talk about some of your biggest victories over the past year?
7: Uh, First and foremost, we want to say thank you so much for this opportunity to be part of uh, the retreat and uh, the camp this year. Um, Coming to the question, um, The biggest victories for the past year for us was that uh, we were able to complete the building of uh, the library, the secondary school, phase one, the girls boarding home, as well as uh, the computer rooms.
0: That's good. No, I've heard a lot about the computer rooms. Fortunately, I was not able to be there, being a computer guy myself. But that's good to hear. So those are some of your victories. What are some of your challenges over the past year?
7: Uh, the challenges for the past year was that um, um, we 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 really wanted to and praying to God to how best we can save the the girl children to mm-hmm. minister to them in totality, mm-hmm. uh, meaning that. Uh, you know, these, uh, we, we have a good number of girls that uh, are abused. Yeah. And uh, we are praying to God that uh, one day we can minister to these children by ensuring that uh, they have a shelter. They can call their home so that, uh, you know, as they come to school to get an education, mm-hmm. they can go back home and still feel very safe that, uh, you know, they are protected. And uh, mm-hmm. we thank God that uh, with the help of everybody, all the prayers and uh, uh, the gifts that we received, this was accomplished.
0: That's great to hear. So that's, that's a great um, goal for the, the, the future as well as you know, con- continue to working on it. Um, can you tell us, um, you know, being a project administrator, I, I failed to mention that, um, being a project administrator for um, this ministry, what does your typical work week look like?
7: Okay, on that one, uh, I'll, I'll right. ask my beloved wife to start.
0: Sure, yeah, sure. Th- go ahead, Kaoma.
3: Um, okay, our typical week starts at 5, 5 a.m. with prayers. Then we prepare um, our children for school, and I prepare him for work as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, they leave home around seven fifteen, seven twenty, somewhere there
7: So after that I pick the children and drove them at school and uh, from school I get to the Lifesong Lodge to ensure that uh, uh, everything uh, is in place uh, for the day at the lodge and then um, uh, depending on uh, that week if we have uh, Uh, teams that have have come over to work with us in Zambia. I pick the teams from school, from the lodge to school, and then uh, after I drop them at school, then I go out to get the daily uh, rations for the children. We currently have 535 children uh, at school uh, whom we Uh, ensure that they have breakfast uh, in the morning they also have lunch Mm -hmm. so um, I go out to do that um, and then later in the day uh, it's either I'll have a meeting with Dennis on the phone or in person uh, so that we discuss the things that we are going to do uh, for the day and uh, attend to most of the um, Uh, urgent uh, issues that we need to attend to or to cover. Um, Under me, I have about 20 members of staff that report uh, to me directly. I have to ensure that uh, they've got all what they need to use uh, in uh, a particular day. Um, And uh, at the end of it all, uh, the day ends at 1800 hours. Um, but, you know, my phone is always uh, on, and I'm always on duty, uh, because many of the times, when I'm called to attend to any eventuality, I'll give you, for instance, at a girl's home, uh, uh, girls do get sick, mm-hmm. and uh, I need to pick them up, uh, get them to the hospital, yep. and maybe come back at about 24 hours. So depending on the situation, I'm always at work.
0: Yeah, sounds like you're very busy. Uh, it's quite a long day. And, um, but thank God you're doing it for the, for the ministry, and uh, may he give you the strength to keep doing that. Um, unfortunately, we have one uh, time for one more question. Um, so what are some specific prayer requests that you have for uh, the ministry or the country of Zambia?
7: One of the things that I would want to tell you is that it's uh, uh, too good for us. One of uh, our president, the second president, declared Zambia as a Christian nation. And uh, when you come to Zambia and you're talking to uh, the Zambians, everybody will tell you that they are Christians. But when you get to interact with them, you will find out that there is a lot of work that needs to be done. And our prayer is that uh, people may get to know God deeper and more on an intimate level, that as individually, you know, it's it's different when you say we are Christians, and when you say I'm a Christian Mm -hmm. it's very different, so that's one of our prayers, and the second one wife Um,
3: our second prayer request would be that um, early marriages for our young children should decrease, and that more and more uh, children uh, can get to the opportunity to be educated.
7: And the third one uh, for us is that um, uh, we we'll have more believers to pray with us for the ministry in Zambia, uh, because we believe strongly that uh, the ministry in Zambia is really, really dependent on God. And uh, there's nothing that we can do without God. So we want to invite each and every one of you, wherever you are, wherever you stay, that indeed you keep us in your prayers. Because it's only when you pray for us that God is going to give us the strength to do everything that we do on a daily basis.
0: Yeah, amen to that, brother. God enables us to do anything we do. And, you know, even preparing for this, um, by God's grace, I am up here. So thank you for sharing. I appreciate the time that you guys um, put into this. Thank you for coming. And uh, now I'd like to call up um, Willie Ritzman and Thad Lumsden. They're going to do... um, Kind of a year in review for ACC, NBC, and ACCF. Um, just a little bit shorter, but just to kind of break things up and to, um, to get, sh- uh, get a better idea of what is going on in their, their heads right now.
8: Looks like a lot of stuff going on, Brother Willie. I, but it, is that really what the Apostolic Christian Church Mission Board of Canada and the ACC Foundation is all about? Well, what, is, what does it mean to you personally and why are you involved in this?
9: Well, I never thought, and quite a number of years ago, I never thought that I would be involved in something like this. It was, uh, actually if anybody knew me from before 2011, I was never involved with missions. and uh, And it sort of happened that I opened up my schedule and God filled it. And uh, never thought I would be traveling to missions and helping to, you know, encourage them and things. It just... God just provided the way. You probably regret that now. I wouldn't change a minute of it. You know, I used to be focused on making money and different things. I don't miss that for one minute. I thought I needed to still work for many years... Uh, and, uh, and God looked after every aspect, I, I wouldn't change a minute of it. It's, uh, I can really say that if somebody feels God calling you in a particular direction with missions or something, don't hesitate. Don't do your calculations of what you think you can afford and what you can do, because God looks after every aspect of it.
8: And, and myself, I don't care so much about the administrative aspects also. It's important. But it feels like this whole ministry is, is so much more than that. I, I see all of you sitting here, and I know that if you've committed your life to the Lord, He has called you to service. He has told you also, go into all the world, whether overseas or in your backyard. But He's called every one of us to that. And I, I think that part of our, our responsibility is to help enable each of you to fulfill that, that mission, whatever it may be. And whether today or tomorrow or or next week, or something maybe you've been putting off. I love this opportunity. And I think there's so much more that the Lord would like from us than than just bookkeeping skills and stuff, but sending out more work teams, more missionaries, supporting these brothers and sisters who have given up all to go on the front lines and face a a nation, a, a world that is completely different than ours. All of us should give up to serve. I thank you for your service and the good work that you do. I know you do it for God's glory, not for your own. And I try to do the same. Where do you fit into all of this? What is God asking of you? I want to challenge you with that question. Anything else?
9: The only other short thing I can add is there's a lot of people that see different trips that I go on. You would never know that I do not like to travel. My wife liked to travel, but she can't even come with me most of the time now. It's because of God. Amen. Thank you,
0: you, brothers, for sharing that. And at this time, I'd like to um, call up our brothers from Ghana. We have uh, Samuel Kwanzaa and Bobby Harley-Nikwe, I hope I pronounced that right, Bobby. Perfect. Thank you guys for joining us. Both of these gentlemen are are pastors in the Ghana churches, um, but they also have specific roles as well. Um, Samuel is uh, a school overseer, and uh, Bobby here is the general secretary. And so let me get some pictures going for you guys. Um, before we get into the interview here. Um, actually, this is not the video yet. Uh, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> so, gentlemen, um, a lot of people don't know what's going on in Ghana, so tell us about some, um, some of your victories in the past year. Either one of you, uh, if you want to elaborate.
10: Samuaza. Okay, thank you very much. I am Samuel Kwansa. I happen to be the chairman of the Faith Evangelical Mission School Complex Board, and um, our basic role is to formulate policies and then come out with innovative ideas by which we can grow the school. Um, Back to your question.
0: Hold the mic closer just so people can hear you.
10: Some... Over the past few years, I I personally believe that before you can talk about the victories that you have chopped, um, you need to fight some battles. And over the past few years, we we have been fighting a whole lot of battles. But then by the special grace of God, we have been able to overcome a whole lot of them. There are still other battles that we need to fight. Uh, But notable among the victories that we have chopped happens to be the flooding situation that we have been able to resolve Now, the place where the school is located happens to be a flooding area. And usually when it rains, the entire place becomes flooded, thereby making it very difficult for students and teachers to move in and out of the school. And the effect of this particular flooding is that no parents would ever want to take his or her child to a school that is flooding. But not too long ago, that is about last year, We received so much funds from um, our missionaries here and abroad. And as I speak, the entire compound has been concreted. A very solid concrete work has been done. And as I speak with you, whenever it rains, within the next 10 to 15 minutes, the entire rain would just flow to the next side of the road. And it actually makes it very easy for students and teachers to get back to their work. So I believe, basically, I believe that this is one of mm-hmm. the things. Just to add up to the successes that we have showed, um, we have also been able to um, erect a fence wall in front of the school and at the back of the school. Now, the reason why this one is very important has to do with the fact that as of the time when the wall was not erected, um, you know the whole place was actually opened up and it really made it very easy for cattle cattle to come to the school compound to graze and we also have situations where people move just in and out of the school and we've asked situations because when they are moving you can't actually restrict them and so some people normally enter the school mm-hmm. and then they sometimes do away with some of our few computers that we yeah. have. And so this has been the challenge but ever since we received funds from you, we've been able to erect the fence wall, and I think we've gotten a maximum security over there. So basically, yeah, these are some of the few things that we've been yep. able to do. I know time is not on our side, but at the in the afternoon, yep. we would meet and then talk more about this.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, so, Bobby, can you tell us um, what are some of the big goals and desires of the, the ministries in Ghana?
11: Yeah, actually, um, we are a church. Our uh, mandate is to win souls for Jesus Christ. That is what the Good Commission tells us to do. And we believe that there is no limit to how many souls we can win. And there is no limit to how many churches we can build. So uh, personally, what we intend to do is to be able to increase the work that we are doing in Ghana. In our estimation, we, we have about 50 churches in, in Ghana, but in our estimation, we haven't done much because God wants us to do more. Um, the urban, evangelical, the urban um, rural, um, evangelical drive that was um, spearheaded by Rex um, saw us opening a lot, of, a lot of churches in the capital when we evaluated the, the kind of work that we have been able to do we, we, we have come to the realization that much is concentrated in the capital. And there are many more schools out there in the rural areas where we can reach out and win them. So what we want to do right now mm-hmm. is to be able to have a, a church in what we call metropolitan uh, capitals. Where we can use those as central points to reach out to the people in the rural communities because there are a lot of people in the rural communities that can be reached, you know. And um, it takes two things to do this, the team and mobility. Uh, it should not be too difficult to um, take care of the team because we have people, we are trained, you know, in our own local school who are ready to move out into uh, the rural areas to do evangelism what we want, we want you to pray for and to seek your support is for us to, have, to be able to have mobility, you know, so we can move. Uh,
0: yeah, that's definitely do. a great goal to have. Yeah. Uh, and like you said, the Great Commission is that we win souls for Christ yeah, exactly. and we need to be doing that more actively. Yeah. Um, as you said, Samuel, time's not on our side, but what are some specific prayer requests that Uh, Like you you mentioned, one there um, regarding the church. How about the school? Is there something particular about the school or any of the other ministries? Like, you know, some people have heard recently about the the co op farming. Um, Anything there that you guys want to share, like some needs or opportunities um, that you feel led to?
10: Okay. um, Let me talk about some basic needs that I believe um, the school is uh, in desperate need of. Um, as we speak, we have been able to actually put up an ICT lab. That is a computer lab, okay, lab yep. where students normally go and then they have access to um, the internet. Yep. And it actually makes it very easy for them to access the internet and then do their homeworks. But one thing that I discovered was that the computers were not enough. We've been able to secure close to about 20 computers. Mm-hmm. And um, in, in, the, in the computer lab, for instance, we have close to about 50. The computer lab can actually contain about 50 computers. Oh, wow. So you. I just want to make a very passionate appeal to um, you listening yeah. to me. If you have any used, slightly used laptops, computers, or anything, um, you can get in touch with us and... <laughs> You might think it's a Houston, thing, but you might not know how the people, the children in Ghana would appreciate it and, and how valuable it will actually mean to them and the kind of prayers that they would, they would actually pray for you. Um, what we are trying to do is to use our computer lab as a resource center okay. where other schools within the community can easily come to our school and then do their computer work because there are so many communities within school who also do not have access to the computer and we believe that as christians if you are as a christian if you have something you should not only keep it to yourself it's wrong and so we just want to open up to the other schools over there but then that is actually going to come up with a fee and what we intend using the money to do at least we take something small it will not be like we are charging them but we need a fee Mm -hmm. so that in the situation where there is a damage we can easily use some of the money to repair yeah Uh, we also want to use that same facility um, to train most of our pastors yeah. uh, so that they will be computer literate, and then most of um, the church members. So I believe that we seriously need this computer thing to actually drive the vision of the school.
0: Yeah.
11: yeah I, I want to add up to, to sure, um, sure. the school situation. We are quite aware uh, that a lot of support has come to the school, relatively. But I, I, I just want to say that uh, that is justifiable and that is justified considering um, the nature of the structure. It's a very huge structure. It was not meant for a, a school mm-hmm. like this. It was meant for a tertiary institution where we'll offer degree programs in various subjects, including a theology. Yep. So it, that, that was Rex's dream, yep, you yep. Know? and we think that that dream lives on.
0: Yeah, no, that's great information. And as you can see, there's definite needs here that can be filled. Um, Gentlemen, I want to thank you both for coming on stage and sharing about your ministry. Um, At this time, um, I'd like to get the uh, brothers from Papua New Guinea up. Um, And just as a side note, if anyone wants to hear more about the Ghana ministry, they are doing a forum today. Um, It was actually mentioned this morning that it was in Campus Center 105. It's actually in Martin Chapel, the building up the hill, and that's with Paraguay um, at 3 p.m. So that's today with Paraguay at 3 p.m. And I'd like to introduce you to Peter Harut. This is um, the country evangelist for the Good News Christian Church in Papua New Guinea, Thank you for coming on board, if you have a seat. And this is Rex Eppie, the General Secretary, as you heard last night when he shared his testimony. Thank you, brothers, for coming on board here. Um, However, before we do um, get into the discussion with these two brothers, um, I'm just going to show a brief video clip here, so if we can get the, uh, the lights dimmed. So I just want to say, the mission field, like it says, is wherever you are. God can use you wherever you are, but you need to ask yourselves the question, am I allowing God to use me wherever I am? Unfortunately, it seems that we have this idea that the mission field is this place far, far away where only a handful of people go and share the gospel. And that's true to a certain extent, but not everyone is called to go. So does that mean the rest of us don't have to obey the Great Commission? It seems like the Great Commission in our circles has become the Great Omission. So let's change that with God's help. And up here, we have brothers from Papua New Guinea, and it's amazing to hear the success story that you know, is going on in their church. You know, 140 churches, close to 18,000 members, and let's not get focused on the numbers because they don't even do a number count, but... Coming up in September, they have a baptism with 200 souls. That's amazing. And they baptize them all together. It's just such a beautiful thing. And so I'm really grateful that I can spend some time with you guys and, uh, and share. Um, so I just want to, to ask you, Peter, um, in terms of the Good News Christian Church, um, how has it changed since the 60s and 70s? when it was originally started um, by Vic Schlatter.
12: Uh Thank you for uh, giving this opportunity so that we can uh, share what is happening in Papua New Guinea. Uh, firstly, God has cha- uh, sent uh, Victor and other missionaries who have come to our place, our home country, and they have established uh, churches, uh, with uh, people uh, at that time,
7: mm-hmm.
12: okay. Uh, the church grew, and people expand uh, from generation to generation. I think it's almost uh, 50 years plus. Now the church has uh, grown uh, in a bigger way. When uh, Vic and Ed and all these uh, missionaries came, they have started small. They started small with few people, few uh, people. they were primitive, stone Age, where they had no education, no development, no whatever. But when the education came, government came. Uh, when the things changed, the gospel also extended together. So uh, now we have uh, many local churches with many pastors, with uh, many uh, new believers coming into uh, Jesus. So uh, that's where we are growing uh, in in the church, in the fellowship.
0: That's great to hear. So as you've seen the church grow, what are some of the lessons you've learned over the years as you've seen the church grow?
13: Uh. Uh, Some of the lessons we learned uh, during those years is, um, well, uh, the churches, the church was um, s- is set up in a rural setting where you have no access of uh, of transport. We re- in those years, we've been relying on planes, but uh, but then when the when there was changes taking place, we were lacking of uh, human resources. And so when our brothers from North America left, we we found it hard because in those years we haven't had, uh, we had little education, you know, people who have gone to school as far as grade 6 and grade 4 and along there. Mm-hmm. And so we hardly pick up the leadership roles as to how we will uh, extend the ministry. But then it was God's initiative, so lucky he trained some men, he prepared some men and women who should take on the leadership role and we began to pick up the leadership role and also uh, since the church is in the rural setting where we have no access of uh, communication that was one of the challenges we faced, lessons we learned how we would communicate with other Christian brothers here in North America and in other places but we rely on a letter was sent to the post office, and we had to wait two months to pick up from the post office to send the reports over here, and we waited another two months to uh, to receive the reports. But then there was a challenge, but still God was in control.
0: Yeah, no, that's great to hear. Yeah, it's amazing what technology can do, and yeah, I'm sure uh, Willie was probably a little bit frustrated when the reports were coming two months late, but it's, it's good that uh, we're able to provide for you guys, that you can communicate with us uh, much better now. So in regards to the church, what are some like, specific prayer requests that you feel that we as um, the camp and all of our churches here in North America should lift up?
13: Yes, uh, one of our special prayer requests to your brethren here is about uh, Muslim coming in, uh, Hinduism coming in, and we have other, kind of, like, letter descents or moments coming in, because Papua New Guineans are mostly, almost 85% are uneducated. Uh, they are being influenced and manipulated, and so they are easily taking root, and so it is a, it is a challenge for us, and specific a prayer request for you, brethren here to pray, because this is very risky and a challenge for us. So... Uh, all kinds of movements, movements going on. They have their own teaching styles. They have their own ministries coming up, popping up. And so, this is some of the lessons we are learning. Where the Christians need to bend on their knees and pray and seek God's direction, His wisdom and His knowledge. And also, and also, it is sometimes because especially like me, I go to work six hours, eight hours to go for a church, local church visit. And so um, some of the lessons we learned in my ministry and leadership is like, uh, you know, transport-wise. So God gives me the strength, God gives us the strength to walk over mountains, because our mountains are very high. So even our rivers are very rough and strong to cross over, you know, Cane Bridge Road, Cane uh, Bridge. So this is some of the kind of, you know, challenges and lessons we learned in our leadership. Though the church is growing, but there are challenges alone.
0: Yeah, it's, it's definitely um, prevalent everywhere, especially with the Muslims moving in. They're counted as one of the world's fastest growing religions. And so we need God's wisdom to uh, make sure that we um, are doing our ministries effective and being able to teach others the real truth um, of the gospel. Um, so you mentioned um, earlier regarding you know, how the church has changed over the years. Um, you're definitely um, you know, poor and disadvantaged. Um, so how can we at Eastern Camp um, change our lifestyle to dedicate to the values that God has for the poor and disadvantaged?
13: Well, uh, well, I am well, hold needed the mic by a,
0: you. Hold the mic a little closer. Well,
13: I am needed by you, and you are needed by me. Because we go to hold hands, I need you in my world, and you'd need me in your world. We need partnership, and so to to strengthen that vast growing church, our local churches and the people who are repenting or who are coming to know the Lord, and we baptised almost two to three hundred yearly. Uh, we need men and women, you know, like computer ID, uh, computer specialist. Drivers, mechanics, uh, youth workers, or even well, we got a Bible school. We need, you know, Bible school teachers. We need partnership. You got to come. Or either you want to pray, well, pray with us. Or you want to support us with some physical, material things. Well, you are needed. I need you. You need me. God's kingdom is and uh, is is a kingdom where we need each other to extend God's kingdom. If we do not show out our hands, if we don't, if we do not. Uh, step up in faith Well, we can expect and say Jesus you come quick but he will not come because we are not doing our responsibility we are locked up in our own in our own zones in our own territory
0: Yeah, we, we're definitely self-centered a lot of the time and we need to deny ourselves daily and like you said partnership is so key um, for all of us um, and so That's all the time we have um, for questions today. Um, There are a few additional announcements, um, actually in regards to their forum. uh, If you want to hear more about the Papua New Guinea ministry, that will be Thursday at 3 p.m. in the Campus Center 105. And there's also um, uh, a a presentation on Mexico. Uh, You Just check the forum schedule in your book. Um, it'll always, it'll, only today is it in Martin Chapel. The rest of the week, it's in the Campus Center building. Um, I also want to just take this time to briefly um, announce or talk about the popcorn fundraiser um, that's happening tomorrow. And uh, that is not going to actually be um, hosted outside of Layman in the courtyard like in the past years, like we've done the Palachinka um, We are actually wanting to do the fundraiser with the missionaries. um, And since some of them are leaving um, earlier in the week... That's why we moved the fundraiser earlier in the week. Um, and so, again, that will be moved to University Commons. That's the popcorn fundraiser. And we'll have several different flavors there. Um, you'll be able to mingle with uh, the brothers here as well as all the other missionaries that are here at camp. Um, just talk more about their specific ministries. Maybe there's one that's tugging on your heart and you want to learn more about or you want to serve there at some point in the future. Um, and so, everyone, please come out and support um, the cause. The funds will actually go to the CLM work team that is happening in August. Um, NBC is matching all donations, so a $20 donation uh, is actually $40. So let's, let's contribute to a great cause. They have a number of buildings um, that need to go up. Um, you heard about them right at the beginning. Um, there's definite needs there, uh, and so let's help them out. And lastly, I will answer the question, you know, why didn't we do Palachinka this year? Um, I think I've gotten asked every hour I've been here at camp. Um, <laughs> and let me tell you, um, we, do want, we did want to do it. But just logistically speaking, um, the or- amount of organization that goes into that fundraiser, um, getting all the, the volunteers throughout the week, it's not like you sign up on the website. Um, there's um, going to cost, getting all the materials in Walmart. We're working with the EMU kitchen, getting uh, bowls and stuff. And uh, it, logistically, it's, it's difficult. Um, however, if there's someone that is interested in helping, uh, you know, I can perhaps train you next year and you can run with it if we ever run into this situation again. But um, it's not like it's going away. It just changed this year so that we can accommodate the missionaries. And uh, we're thankful that we are still able to do a fundraiser. So thank you for that. Um, And so that pretty much wraps up Missionary Day. Um, Thankfully, I am on time, and I can let you all go for lunch. But before we do that, um, let's have a standing prayer, and uh, Brother Peter will lead us in that.
12: We close our eyes. Pray. Heavenly Father you are, God who is omnipresent, omniscience, You are God here to lead us forward in all directions that you want us to go. Thank you for this gathering, meeting friends from every corner of this world. Thank you for this program, this initiative, taken by your own servants. Father, thank you we are learning from each other. We are growing because of other brothers' encouragement and, and testimonies. Thank you for, brother, leading us today about the missions program. As we end this program and God for launch and other programs, that is ahead of us. We pray for your special guidance and your protection and your care upon us. Today and until we finish this meeting. In Jesus' wonderful name,
7: Amen. Amen.